0: Welcome to Tiny Town Library, thanks for joining us. We're coming to you straight out of the library with town news, community updates, book recommendations, and an interview with a local person of interest. My name is Bonnie and I'm the director of the Dayland Memorial Library and with me today is the magical Joanne (laughs) Kitchell, our program director. Hello there. And our very well-read Amy Mm -hmm. Wyman, our interlibrary loan specialist. Hi everybody. How are you today? Doing well. Doing very well. Spring is coming. Yay! How do you know?
1: well i just saw some crocuses i i spied some crocuses Mm. outside i saw snowdrops outside so
0: it's true the birds are chirping and even Mm -hmm. though we're getting a little bit of snow and ice here and there all is good you grab that phone (laughs) Uh, we're gonna keep going i got some feedback from the podcast last month and they said oh we heard patrons um in Mm -hmm. the room while you were recording so here's our disclaimer We record while the library's open and we're right in the middle of our one-room schoolhouse. So uh, we don't apologize for that. That's like just everyday operations. That's life at the library. That is life at the library. And you never know who might come in the door. We could have an exciting guest that we didn't even know was coming. Surprise, special guest. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) Eileen Neighbor was just here and Mm -hmm. she had cookies. So we're already running a little behind on schedule, but it's important that we sit and talk with people when they come in the door. So uh, we are having uh, coffee and books today, Friends of the Library. Mm,
2: beautiful Our hostings, cookies, beautiful yeah. every Tuesday. Thank you, Nell Trainer.
0: Nell Trainer is a friend of the library. Today. You can stop in any time during open hours and expect coffee. Um, maybe not cookies; they go pretty quick. But when right, at, while supplies last, is that the statement we go with? Yeah. Coffee and books is back every Tuesday, and that is sponsored by the Friends of the Library. So, free cookies, free coffee, mm-hmm. and of course. Books. We're encouraging people to linger a little longer and find something good to read. So that's a good sign. Um, when Joanne gets back from the phone, I do want to open up this podcast with a review of kind of what's been happening over the month. There's lots to talk oh, about, yeah. so we'll stay on task. I want to open with the new library presentation we had on February 22nd. Uh, the library trustees got all of the final design work from dsk the architect for the Mm -hmm. new library project and they made a fantastic powerpoint presentation and even though the library was not the warrant article this year for the new library they did finish the second phase of the design and um one of the deliverables was a four minute video of the new library and this was i love it mm, It's very fun funny how this happened It was not a deliverable originally. They had talked about making kind of an old-fashioned 3D, Mm -hmm. you know, that would be in a glass case that you could kind of look at for a visual. That would be fun, too. That would be fun, too. Uh, But while Joanne and I were meeting with the design team, they walked us around the building uh, like a 3D model to show us, like, hey, this is what the children's room looks like. And they put all of this together into a four-minute video so that you actually start at the front door and float through the building mm-hmm. and even the exterior landscaping and kind of like right. a drone pullback of what it would look like, you know, from up above. So really fantastic because that is five years worth of design work and decisions rolled into a four minute video. And it kind of gives you an exact vision of what this building is going to look like, right? So mm-hmm. that was... We gave a little sneak peek to it, and on the night of the presentation, they showed it. But we, it is available on the library website. You can go Good. look at it there. Uh, it also is on the foundation website. So the Mount Vernon Library Charitable Foundation, that kind of is mission-driven to raise money for this project, they also have it there. So potential mm-hmm. donors can look at it, and they're, you know, heading towards the phase of a public um, library capital campaign. So if someone wanted to name, let's say, the community room mm-hmm. after a loved one. They can actually go and see the community room. That's true. As it is designed yeah. currently. So it's a really effective tool to help people visualize what that library might look like and feel like. Uh, I'm super proud of it. Like it was just amazing to me. So kudos to the library trustees. So much work done um, over the past two years during COVID to kind of get us to this point. They did not kind of stall, put the brakes on. They just kind of worked through the pandemic, and so did the architects. So if you were not at that presentation on the 22nd, um, jump on that library website. Also, the needs assessment is there. Uh, That's an important, a very important piece to
1: it, Bonnie. And I'm not sure if people understand um, what a needs assessment is and if perhaps the three of us didn't design a library and just put anything we wanted in it and made it enormous right.
0: so it it might look like that so it happened but that's, that's not <laughs> how it went um actually the needs assessment was the first step in the project mm-hmm. so uh, a very lovely woman named patience jackson who is an expert on all things library design came and met with us right in this library in april 2017 i believe and we had a conversation she had already done a needs assessment on this building years and years ago and Mm -hmm. she was so sad that they had not succeeded in building a new one so she came to update it she took you know all the information from you know nothing happening and rewrote Mm. it with kind of new population numbers like the 50-year growth on this building and like like what it could and should look like um I was not allowed to put any input in and neither were the trustees so she really did an independent evaluation and we paid her for that service and she handed us the report and we all opened it up and saw the size recommendations Mm -hmm. and more than the size, she also made recommendations about how um the it's process clear. goes right so like yes it should be this big but you should meet with your architect and do a building program and then they wow. met with me about the building program because the architects don't know what we need in the building of course right? so that was kind yeah. of my role yeah. Yeah. Hi, Hi <laughs> we're recording the podcast don't say anything you don't want the world to hear <laughs>
3: <laughs> i want everybody to know that amy is great at ordering um interlibrary loan books well she thank and, you and Excellent. I, need
0: one. Oh, okay. All right. She's going to be working here in a minute. Um, so uh, the needs assessment was completed and that was kind of the first document. Then the architects read it and they designed a building around those guidelines. And then the staff got to put their input in about what they think people should have in the building. And one of like, I'll, for an example, like the teen room, we don't have a teen mm-hmm. room, right? Right. So right. we said, Hey, can you what carve out like? some space and And could you make it cool? And could you make it glassed in? But could you put a lot of technology (laughs) in there? So you can see from the design, that's the result of that. So if you haven't read the Needs Assessment, please read the Needs Assessment. It's very thorough. Okay, we're back. If you didn't notice, we just had like... A patron bomb. A patron yeah, bomb is when flurry 12 people. people come in all at once and they want your attention and they're like, oh, you're doing the podcast? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what and does our, that mean? Our special guest is coming in the door. Um, we already <laughs> delayed our special guest. So we're going to buzz through some of the town news quick. Uh, we ended with the library presentation. Uh, right after the library presentation, we had Meet the Candidate Night. Yes. And that was on February 24th. And this is an evening where the library has in the past hosted if there is a race for an elected position um we have organized an evening where the candidates come and you can kind of meet them it gives them a chance to say their platform it's and, great and yeah the community can go to the Get microphone your face and out because you know maybe facebook isn't the place to do that and civic engagement is good mm-hmm. so if you're running for a position and no one's running against you we invite you to come just to put a face with a name Which is also nice. Right. So we had a lot of those. There were a lot of open positions. You know, people were running unopposed. Uh, For example, like the library trustees. So there's Cindy with her name tag. And if you had a question for her, she's there for you. And then our candidates who are running for positions, we put them up in the front of the room so you can kind of see them. And then they have um, a chance to say, introduce themselves, right? And Mm -hmm. questions. And I thought the questions were very good. Uh, a little bit exposing right some hard questions Very revealing. very revealing so if you didn't (laughs) know um you know what one candidate stood for uh they for example the school board right they wanted to know like how you felt about masks and vaccinations those are hard questions and um do you answer politically do you answer you know kind of based in your role what do you Mm -hmm. think personally so I thought the whole night went great. We had about 64 people. That's a good representation yep. of the town, the and you felt could big. pick up your town report. Um, one thing I'd like to do next year, though, is we might do Town Report 101, right? I think it's a great yeah. idea. Yeah. Not a lot of people took changed. town reports. I think you order one per household, and mm-hmm. uh, what is the town report? And I know all the department heads work really hard to get their one-page review in and right. you i provide statistics for people to look at and i always wonder like oh who read that so it's available mm-hmm. online the cover art this year and annette emeralica she was beautiful yeah she, she was one of our patron bombers just a minute ago <laughs> but a uh, beautiful job and this is a this is a document a booklet that you keep right um, because it reviews the history and we have all the town reports here you can go back and read from the beginning of time
3: yeah you never happened. know when you you'll think what what was that that happened in 2017 did that thing get voted through in 2015 or was that 2014 right. and you can go back and it's look a at great the reference material yeah
0: so um, we'll fast forward to election day election day this year uh, it's Tuesday before town meeting on Wednesday and the Friends of the Library did a bake sale which gives um, you an opportunity after you vote to kind of stop and talk with whoever's mm-hmm. there. And it's good for us for outreach. We kind of meet our voters and see people and get a, a take the temperature of the town, you know, what's the hot topics. And yep. so I thank the Friends. We had a ton of bakers come in. And, so
3: many beautiful, yummy looking things. Yes, and yep.
0: that's a great fundraiser for the Friends. So they did so well on the bake sale mm-hmm. that they're taking that money and we'll vote next, well, in a couple, two Mondays. Um, at their next meeting, and talk about the idea of using it for senior summer programming. Great so, we, we have a summer reading program for children, but we don't address seniors very much because our building isn't handicap accessible. Right. So we can't really plan for you know a full program indoors, but certainly with the tent outdoors. With the tent, yeah. Right. So you're going to see a survey go out this week. Um, it's going on Facebook, and we'll have a printed version here asking people what they would like in senior That's services. Great. So there we go. That's going to be a positive Excellent. from from that and. Belinda reported last night um, a record number of voters on Election Day. Woohoo! Yes. Uh, last year in June, if you remember, town meeting was moved to the summer. Only 200 people showed Gosh, up. Yeah. Very unfortunate, COVID related, <clears throat> likely. So they only brought 200 and some ballots to voting this year, and they ran out of ballots, and they had to go back and print more. 551 people voted so that's That's a fantastic turnout for our town
3: about 30 percent right
0: about 30 percent and um we very much engaged tried to engage people in you know getting registered and um what time was voting and sample ballot sharing things like that to kind of educate the community of course you can't tell them how to vote but of you course. can tell them how to vote right like how do i vote in the, the actual process the process of voting yes. not who to vote for that's, right that's yes. private, right so um all in all election day uh, was a success and then we rolled into town meeting and that is an annual event sometimes it can be high drama don't miss it don't miss mm-hmm. it sometimes it's some fast and furious when there's not a lot of controversial items mm-hmm. but this year there was a 16 warrants a lot to vote on so much to think about two big bonds so we had secret ballots if you're unfamiliar with that Mm -hmm. um in tiny town you vote with a little piece of paper and everybody sees how you vote unless it's secret ballot right and for very expensive items um that are over a certain monetary amount so i think it's i want to say a hundred thousand um don't hold me to that because i don't have the laws in front of me but over a certain amount Mm -hmm. uh, you have to vote by secret ballot you can also Mm -hmm. request a secret ballot on any voting item you just get five people to say they want it to be secret and then it's secret. Now, the trick with secret ballot is you drop your little piece of paper in the box like normal voting, but they get an hour to vote. Right. Really makes town meeting drag. So this yeah. year town meeting started at 7, and it did not end to what, quarter of 11? Quarter of 11. I got in at 11, 11 o'clock, o'clock that night so it's like, in a snowstorm. It's like watching two movies at the movie theater in a row and not getting up from your seat. Not just no, imagine popcorn. That popcorn. They should have popcorn, mm-hmm. I think. I'm thinking Next of that, time, too. snacks. I'm going to um, talk to my select men about that. <laughs> lots of the... Um, you know highs and lows of the evening. Um, unfortunately, the fire truck did lose. Uh, it was amended up, yeah. which is rare. You don't amend a warrant article up. You want to amend a warrant article down. Down right? would be better. So for a hot minute,
1: I thought they won because they had it by popular vote. One more. Right, I right? think there were ninety-one for
0: ninety against. But I, I really thought they were going to get it this year. I really did. I did think so. Yeah, it was close. Yep. Right. So. Okay. um, We'll see what happens with that. And then the other uh, item was the road to the required by law cemetery. You think that would be a no-brainer to build a road to the required cemetery, but it was also amended up at the last minute. Mm -hmm. Nobody (laughs) likes a more expensive Mm, item. And then the explanation of why we need the road, maybe it wasn't crystal clear to people. Sometimes you show up at town meeting and you you haven't even read the town report mm-hmm. and you don't know what the warrant articles right. are. So there yeah, was some I conversation. Did not, I did not think that one was going to pass. No, it needs to be fine-tuned mm-hmm. clearly and maybe a little more engineer conversation. And so best of luck uh, next year to the cemetery. I <laughs> Hope they get their road. Mm-hmm. And town meeting is over and we have had um, a change of power. The result of the election day race for selectman, uh, John Quinlan uh, won over Tim Berry, yep. and he is our special guest today. We will introduce him in a minute, uh, but that change of power happened last night. So we have a new leadership this year and we'll see how that changes the direction of town. And then uh, I will roll into the library news. National Library Week is coming up April 3rd to April 9th. The theme mm-hmm. this year is connect with your library. So we have a full week of programming. Even though we always do run programs that we will be focused on different groups. So you can check our calendar out. It's going to be book clubs and story time, and we have a poetry night because so it's National, poetry, National Month. poetry Month. And the library trustees are thinking of having either maybe trustees with the T or. Tea with the trustees, or Hmm. meet the library mavens. I'm not sure what they're doing, (laughs) but they want to open themselves to uh, good communication this year. So I'm asking them to host uh, maybe an open house here. So stay tuned. They're meeting tonight, and we'll see what they've come up with. And then our big event coming up, Peep-A-Rama. Yay! Yay. Yay. So the the annual library. Peep Diorama Contest. I've seen lots of other libraries doing not it. To yes. be missed. We're not That's the fun. first, we're not the last, but we are encouraging people to go out and get a pack of peeps and come up with a design for uh the rule says two by two box, but it can be, you know, like we'll look away if it's a little bit bigger or a little bit smaller. And so, Amy, I'm sure you have your diorama. I player. I have supplies, I know
3: what I'm making, yes. Okay. Oh, I don't know what I'm making yet.
0: I was going to I know. made puns all last year, you might uh-huh. remember. That was very cute. Good. Mine's an oldie but goodie, but I wanted to do The Wizard of Oz and I wanted to do some oh. justice to it because think of all the candy you could use for Yellow Brick
3: Road. Right. Oh, yeah. That
0: rainbow tape. You know, mm-hmm. the sour taste. Oh, so don't yeah. see my yeah. idea. All right, all right. I already you got four plan different colored your... peeps. All right. For, like Dorothy should be blue. The lion should be yellow. Oh, okay. This is how you should You're be thinking. thinking. I can't win because, I know. know. We like, can't win In Just for fun. Can't we fun. Win. we just never just win. win. Staff is just for fun. So for breaking the rights. There's rules. There's mm-hmm. rules for this. They're at the front door, and they're also on the website. So take a look. Peep diorama. Now, this event coincides perfectly with, guess what? Easter, Easter egg hunt. Easter. So, grandma and grandpa are in town, you're going to the Easter egg hunt, slide over here and judge all the people. Did I tell you there's prizes?
1: Uh, you mm. didn't tell me, but I've seen the prizes. Okay, they there are
0: prizes because we believe in that, right? Hard work should be rewarded. Yes. And um, so, drop off your diorama, and when people come in and look, They pick their favorite, and it's called the People's Choice, right? Mm -hmm. So we have a giant stuffed peep for that. It's fantastic. And then the best in every age group gets another. There are a lot of people that want that giant peep. Mm -hmm. So our
1: good friend Emily was just in, Uh and she said that um, her daughter Lita is after that price okay and she's already got going for gold driven she's got her good idea (laughs) so she hopes she can make it happen i hope so too so
0: um so what will happen is we'll judge and it'll be right after the easter egg hunt which i hope they have a beautiful sunny shiny day and that kicks off the rec department their first event of the year i was with heather last night she was talking about spring gala
1: a rec department director Yep, Mm -hmm. our rec
0: director did i say it wrong Uh, you just said Heather sometimes people don't know they don't know so Heather Kennedy our (laughs) recreation director there was already talk of spring gala a little bit and Mm -hmm. um, fun fact they are looking for a parade coordinator oh that's
1: easy we've we've
0: done the parade before I shouldn't have trouble getting one huh Come on, I, people. I, I would recommend if you're friends with Heather, um, help her out, right? Because it should be like a good friend that you're planning it with. How many times, how many parades have we done together? We did well, we've entered in every parade afloat, but we planned three parades, right? Three parades. So mm-hmm. this just is say... not this is not us volunteering to be the parade coordinator. No. But uh-huh. we are going to make you know, tell you that it's fun to plan the parade. It's
1: definitely fun. You should do it with your a good friend. Here's we've a done it before. Whenever
0: yeah. we did Spring Gala. Yeah the stage thing, the games and all that. That's just all right, right? I love the parade. Right. because 27 entries, it's music, it's kids. Right, the first decorating. year we did it together, I was down at the parade, and you were
1: on the green, and I think we switched it for we the next switched. year because, you know, we both had different
0: strengths and weaknesses, strengths, mm-hmm. right? Weaknesses. So find someone who's super fun and connected in the community. And bossy, <laughs> that would be you. A little bit, because you got to know a fireman to get the fireman in. you mm-hmm. got to know the policeman so they do the dare car. you got to know who's the youngest and the oldest. you got to know right. somebody who does a band. So,
1: so anybody yeah. out there listening, here's a challenge. Why don't you just give it a try? Pick a friend and sign up to be the parade coordinator for Spring Gala. We need to bring it back.
0: It's mm-hmm. been Strong. missing right. we yeah. have a good for a couple of year. years. Also You can do it. A, I believe in you. Run year. a game. Volunteer to run the pie eating contest. Nothing funner than the pie eating contest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my favorite. When we were up there I just about <laughs> could hardly
1: could hardly look yeah. at what horrors were going on before me with the
0: blueberry pie. So, <laughs> Okay, we're going to go out of order. Okay. Normally, we have Amy's book recommendation, yep. but you are going to see some editing skills from You me. can do it. Um, we are going to introduce our guest because he's here. and We don't want to waste his time. He's very, very important. He's very important. Very important. You might know him. And Amy and I can do it on the clock. So okay. uh, please welcome our uh, newest selectman, who was one of our old selectmen, who's now a new selectman, John Quinlan.
1: <laughs> Yay. Yay. Welcome, John. Welcome Hello. back
0: to the library. <laughs> right. um, thank you for fitting us in today. I'm sure you have plenty to do so we will not waste your time but congratulations are in order uh you were elected as the selectman by a good margin there yep. was a lot of voters and um the majority of them chose you so congratulations thank you very and much. then last night uh, if you attended the selectman's meeting you were also elected the chair of the select board um that might be a rare occurrence to have a new selectman be the chair. But well, I it's think it's not it, his first rodeo. It's not his yeah. first rodeo, right. So um, congratulations on that. Not a surprise, but I think a vote of confidence last night from the group that you are ready to lead again.
2: Yeah, well, I think having quite a bit of experience as a selectman already, it was mm-hmm. kind of easy to slide back into the chair position. Um, normally in the old days, used to try and, rotate it on a regular basis and usually in the, third, in the third year of your three-year term, that's when you could assume to be chair, but things have, uh, election-wise, have been a little unstable the last few years, so it had, that rotation hasn't quite worked out the same, but and anyway. You chaired before, correct? I have chaired before. I've chaired well, at least three or four times before.
0: Um, your signs read John Quinlan for Selectman vote experience. Uh, so that's exactly what they're getting, right? Someone who's experienced, right. and then you could jump in and take over the chair. So it was a very effective meeting last night, and um, Eileen Neighbor came in to report that she appreciated how quickly it went and that she was out the door by 8 o'clock. So, <laughs> well, I
2: it. went into a non-public session. So that helped get everybody That does help, right. you can't have anyone there when it's just a selectman and the one person who's a witness. Correct.
0: All right, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Okay. Joanne loves to ask the questions of the interview. I do. My speciality.
1: <laughs> so the first question that we always ask our guests mm. is, "Could you please tell us how you landed in Mount Vernon?"
2: Oh, it's kind of a fun story. Mm, Let's good. hear it. Well, believe it or not, moving to Mount Vernon was my 14th birthday present.
3: <laughs> oh, oh, what a oh. wow. Happy birthday!
2: My father Ooh, worked. Uh, a- my father had his career with the United Parcel Service, so and he was a manager, and he had. At the time, he was managing central Massachusetts, and he was given a promotion and transferred to New Hampshire. So we moved from the small town of Harvard, Massachusetts, to the even smaller town of Mount Vernon, New Hampshire, on my 14th birthday, February oh. 20th, 1976. Is it a dirt road? I mean, what are oh, we talking No, no. Well, it, it was Kendall Hill Road. It's, okay. uh, it's the road on the... Uh, it's paved. <laughs> it's uh-huh. on, it goes yeah, along the east side, east side of the town, along the Amherst border. And, uh, yeah, we moved there uh, 1976 on my birthday, and my brother and I were kind of like a little bit of culture shock because there was, like, absolutely nothing around us.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Was the store open at the time?
2: The general store was open, but the town was much smaller. There There were even, I think, only maybe... Half the people that are, are here now. So it was only about, I think, 12 to 1,400 people living in town. Mm-hmm. And almost everyone in town had lived their entire lives in the town. There weren't that many outsiders, which we were, mm-hmm. um, coming to town. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was quite the shock. It was in the middle of the school year, too, which is, you know, normally my parents tried to avoid that in the past, but it couldn't be uh, done that time. And uh, so kind of like all of a sudden you go to change schools. Mm-hmm. You're in a very comfortable position. Now you're in a completely new place 14,
1: and 14 would you be high school or junior high?
2: junior high I so went,
1: where did you go to school
2: i went uh it was seventh grade i had to go down to milford junior high school because at mm-hmm. the time milford mount vernon and amherst all collaborated on the schools
1: mm-hmm.
2: so mash. i used, yeah. yeah well mash was late that's the high school uh, so
1: 14 year old boy i would imagine you weren't very excited to live here
2: not at first but i think that's Please kind of it's kind of the funny boys. thing now cuz it's obviously it's a lot of years ago mm-hmm. and uh, i just turned 60 this year and when i was 14 i did not At all like Mount Vernon because I I felt isolated. I didn't think there was anything to do. I had no friends, and I just (laughs) (laughs) and I just left. I just left, you know, a place I was very comfortable with. I had a lot of friends, and now I'm I'm in the middle of nowhere. And uh, it's funny because when you're a teenager, Mount Vernon doesn't seem very attractive. Mm -hmm. But as time goes by and life changes, and uh, after I got married. We were looking for a place to live and just, you know, for one reason or another, including my parents making us an offer on the old house, uh, kind of like an offer we couldn't refuse. So my wife and I moved back to Mont Vernon. And and when you're looking at it as an adult, it's totally different when you're looking at it as as, as a teenager. (laughs) I I love the town. I love the town. It's
0: where you want to raise your kids. For sure.
2: I wouldn't be Selectman if I didn't love the town. I mean, Mm -hmm. you have to have, I feel like I have more of a stake in it than most people. I do really love the place and uh want to try and preserve it and at the same time advance it a little Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah it's a totally different perspective when you're 14.
0: now is it true that your your parents were involved in town
2: oh yes my father was a selectman late 90s i in fact i believe he was on the select board when they purchased the uh Property behind the post office for the new cemetery and library.
1: Well, well, you know I just got that? chills thinking that. Right.
2: And my mother was the assistant town clerk for oh, many she years. That <laughs> well, see, that worked perfectly for her because she got all the gossip because it all goes to the town clerk. Can
0: you imagine them at
2: the dinner table like <laughs> that? No, it wasn't so much that. It was just like my mother would constantly be coming home with stories, and sometimes got mom enough. You know, I, I, I didn't, I didn't really want to. write the book. I didn't want to know that. <laughs>
0: Like to meet All there. right, so you have um, <laughs> uh, community services in the family.
2: It definitely is. Everybody
0: understands this is a stipend position. Maybe people didn't realize that you asked for. Well, not you. The select board <laughs> asked for a hundred percent increase in their salary line. <laughs> and it went from a thousand dollars to two thousand dollars. It's
1: amazing how much the selectmen do. There's exactly. three selectmen,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and not only do you have your. Meetings every Monday. You sit on different boards. Mm-hmm. You have they to like a put a million
0: dollar budget. Uh huh. You have to put out that.
1: all the disgruntled um, town folk that have their problems that are going on.
0: And it's stupid because they don't want you doing it for the money. They just want, it, right? <laughs> like I think it's like you do this because you're dedicated. To it's it. for love. Yeah. Lot of the money. No mm-hmm. one. No one's
2: ever done become a selectman because they wanted to get rich. No, uh, certainly not. Certainly not. Right.
0: Certainly not. So. Uh, you recently retired. Yes. What's your background for work?
2: And oh, life? for work? Um, basically, uh, well, went to college at University of Notre Dame, graduated in 1984. Um, shortly thereafter, joined the United States Army. I had a 21-year Army career, uh, all branches of it, the active duty, reserve, and National Guard. Um, recently just retired from that, turned 60, that's when I got my officially get my pension and everything else. I just signed my retirement papers a few weeks ago. Thank you for your cause service. Because I'm no longer on the retired reserve, so they can't call me up. Thank goodness. <laughs> Actually, technically, they can call you up, but they won't. Oh. Unless Canada invades, and we're in trouble. <laughs> okay. But uh, anyway. Um,
0: we could be, we don't, we
2: don't need anyone. We can be self-sustaining. So, like military, military was my primary job. I also, for quite a while, in the last uh, 10 years or so, I was a stay, stay-at-home dad. National Guard I should do that. And uh, so I raised my three daughters for the most part Uh, while my wife still had her career. And um, I keep myself busy with a number of different things. I have several clubs. I'm also the president of the Purgatory Falls Fish and Game Club in town, which is the local, basically, local rifle range. And it's been in Mount Vernon since the late 1940s and uh I didn't
3: know, and know that was that old. oh yeah it is wow.
2: and uh, we have so we have sportsmen from all over the region or members we've now grown to uh, 300 approximately 325 members and uh shooting sports are a big uh, part of the New Hampshire lifestyle and uh, we have certainly we have a lot of people enjoy the enjoy the sport and uh, that's a lot of fun too and it keeps brushes me up on my old skills
0: Okay. Well, it sounds like you're going to have a lot of time um, to engage as the selectmen. Uh, that is to our benefit, right? So mm-hmm. um, I have 24-7 access to the select board if I need them, but I haven't always been able to pull people off of like, work, so it's nice that the whole board is retired. Did you recognize that last night?
2: Actually, I did. Yeah. It, it, and, it, um, mm-hmm. and I think it, it's still, you know, we have a mix of ages, a mix of experiences. So Very I, much so. I, I think it's good.
0: So I feel like we have Howard is the heart of the community, right? And we have Jack as the elder. Um, Like, MAC base is serious, you know, negotiation and conversation. You don't want to send someone new down to Milford. And I feel like Jack is kind of like our representative, the face of Mount Vernon in those situations. Right. And then your experience in leadership, right? And now that you're retired. So everybody's going to have their strengths. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a lot going on in town. So.
2: Yeah, there definitely is. There's a lot of... uh a lot of things that have kind of started and stopped and trying to start up again. And uh, I think the big thing now is to, um, we've had a little bit of dissension, I think, recently, and people are getting a little bit surprised by where the town is with certain projects. And I think what we need more than anything else is long-term planning right now. So we're going to try and uh, buckle down. Uh, We're going to have a good consultation with all the department heads, as well as the population in general, about where the town needs to go and... We need to start putting out some plans, so uh, I know everyone always concerned with their, their tax taxes, that's just a natural thing of life, and, but what we need to do is we need to commun- communicate better uh, where the town is going, what its needs are, how we plan on uh, fulfilling those needs while at the same time not uh, pricing people out of the town. Because Obviously, Mount Vernon does have some certain pressures on it because we have a small population we have no commercial tax base. So it makes it more difficult for the town as a whole to accomplish uh, big projects. Uh, other towns have the luxury of a lot of commercial taxes that they can help supplement their budgets with. We do not. And so we have to be more careful, smaller population. Anything we decide upon to do, we have to remember that that's basically on the back of 500 households and there's no other source of funding. So. Mm-hmm. So we need to take our time, do some really good planning, um, and also the time not only allows you the opportunity to plan it out well, it also gives you the time to raise money for large projects that you know are going to require quite a lot of funding. So what I'm going to try to do and how I explained it to one voter on Election Day was I can't promise you that your taxes aren't going to go up. What I can hope to do is make that... um, the rise as small and as unnoticeable as possible. I'm trying to smooth out the bumps and make it only a gradual rise. That way everyone can deal with it and uh, well, you know it's coming get on with their lives. Exactly. And right. the fact that they'll know what's happening long before it actually goes into effect.
0: So I unearthed the old capital improvement plan, and it was just that. It was like from... 2007 to 2012, and it showed exactly what lines were going to go up, like almost like a map, right? Of like, yes. Hey, this is what's coming down the pipe, and this is whose turn it is, right? Like, hey, we need a new cruiser. It looks like the police said they need this, and the fire department needs this, so that you can see, you can project and decide exactly. instead of surprise, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're looking for a new, whatever it is.
2: Well, like I um, tried to explain at the uh, selectmen's meeting last night, um, the town has not kept up really with both the master plan for the town, which all towns are required to have by state law. Uh, Master plan essentially is your strategic plan for your town. It doesn't go into details. It basically, it lays out goals and uh, the concepts behind why those goals are are something that we are looking to do. It lays it out for the whole town in every factor of, of life as far as housing, schooling, uh, town amenities, town services—all those ideals or goals are laid out by the, the people of the town, and it's actually a product of the planning board. And once you have a, you have your strategic goals, long-term goals. We're talking, you know, twenty, thirty-year uh, concepts in the master plan. Then you go into the capital improvements project, which that is where you take the strategic plan. Now, it's, now it's. Still long range, but not quite as long. That's where you're looking, you're basically looking out 10 or 12 years and you're starting to put prices to all these different goals and how you plan on um, not just forecasting how much going to cost, but how is it we go about affording those things and how realistic it is. And also, again, you have different departments with different needs. You need to spread those costs out over time instead of having them uh, all go on their own paths and wind up hitting the taxpayer all at once like we, we had this Year with the uh, trying to build the access road to the new cemetery and library. And at the same time, you had the fire department going for the fire truck. That's not ideal because you're, now you're talking about two uh, large uh, sums of money hitting the taxpayers at the same time. And, not, and we also had the issue of a lot of taxpayers really weren't aware of what was going on. So there was that added uh, anxiety when people suddenly realize there's something big that could really raise their taxes. And And of course, they get skittish about passing it. It's just human nature.
1: Yep, and it was
0: a no for both, yeah. And uh, quite frankly, as a department head, it just creates a a competition. Mm -hmm. And some of us love competition. Other people, not so much, you know? So it shouldn't feel like that, that you're up against. It feels like a sibling rivalry. And we you're should not have, get, yeah. you know, mom and dad's attention, like, look at me. You know, yeah, like, the department shouldn't have,
2: have to compete. No. The, the select right. board. The select We're board, better
0: together when we work together. Mm-hmm. The yeah.
2: select board acts as the executive. And as the executive, it's, it's the select board's responsibility to conduct the town's business in a, in, a, in a good and reasonable way, which means they have to get all the departments to work together, not at each other's uh, throats and uh, get everything accomplished for everyone. It should be a team. I know that sounds kind of, you know, hokey, but uh, I don't again, think it hokey. a good organization no, like a, a good organization works as a team. We don't have people inside the team trying to undermine others, which is something we definitely want to avoid. And we don't want to put departments in that position. They, everyone should have their needs listened to and evaluated, and, but it's up to the select board to put together a cohesive plan that uh, attains all those goals. And at the same time, keeps in mind the uh, the overall health of the town, both uh, as far as the town approving of these projects and at the same time not putting such a burden on the taxpayer that they uh, they can't stay in the town and enjoy their lives here.
0: That's a big concern for people. So mm-hmm. um, thank you for addressing that and understanding. I think they feel heard by you, uh, and you'll follow through on that. So lots to do this year, sir. Yes. <laughs> Three years. Lot. Hopefully, nothing will <laughs> happen. <laughs> you. Um, you do sit on the library um, building committee. Right. Will you have to transition off of that committee and maybe be our selectman representative? We'd hate to lose you and all your institutions.
2: I think that, that, that that's something that needs to be evaluated shortly. Okay, I, I think that that's a, that's a distinct possibility. Yeah. Um, well, the architects
0: but, just love you. And what they loved about you was your like sense of history of your own town. Um, I think they defer to you often in the beginning when they were like, yeah, we want to build something that looks like your community and they would say, "What do you think, John? you know And so you gave a lot of value to that original work because you I didn't live here when I was 14 years old, you know you did and they looked at you as a selectman and kind of our representative for town. and so like they don't want to lose that relationship with you I, suppose moving forward you would be critical in some role i yeah i think
2: i would still like to be involved being being so hands-on as i am now probably i don't think that's probably in the bidding i'd probably just take it one step back but i'll still be involved i'll still be watching it and and participating when it's required or any anybody wants me to um i i definitely see the uh, a new library as a great leap forward for the town. It was always my idea back when we first started renovating the older buildings, starting back in 2007 when I first became a selectman, that uh, I kind of see Mount Vernon as almost a reclamation project. We have these grand old buildings, a grand old center of town, but unfortunately there were hard times in the town for many decades in the 20th century. And with the growth of more people coming in the latter part of the 20th century and the first 20 years of this one, um, we need to revitalize the downtown. And I always thought the we we love the little library, but it's it's far too small for a town of our size now. So a new library, I think, was like I said, it'll be a catalyst to revitalize the whole downtown area and bring it a little bit back more to life. And because uh, I think the townspeople. One hole, I've always thought, that's been at the center of Mount Vernon. There's no place, one place, for all the people to meet and really uh, exchange ideas, just like in any other town or community. Mm-hmm. And I really thought the uh, new library would be the linchpin to bring back that. the town center.
0: One of our visitors today came in and said, can't you name it the Dalen Memorial community center <laughs> he's like I think that just sells better I'm like it already is a community center right everybody is. knows that that's its function beyond a collection of oh, books yeah. we are community connectors so I'm glad you have a similar vision
2: libraries have really changed over the last few decades they they're, have they're to- much more than just repositories for books yes. and I really see a new library as like I said it would be a, a great revitalization um, piece for the whole downtown
0: well I know the library trustees are looking forward to um, more work with you this year so thank you Congratulations. We're getting ready for the speed round because we have another person coming in, believe it or not. I know, <laughs> All right, well, thank are you, you ready for the hard questions?
2: Oh, sure.
1: You ready? Right. Okay, John. <laughs> speed round question. Dang. Number one What are you reading?
2: What am I reading right now? Well, uh-huh. I just got through with my first. Uh, class for my master's degree in history so oh. i read about 11 different histories on the outbreak of world war one bless your heart
0: <laughs> oh <my> god. <laughs> thank god I, thank god reading. i thank
2: god i never have to read Where them you again i would got quite a few of them right here <laughs> if you remember the book exchange but yes i wrote several histories on the outbreak of world war one ones that were written over the past 100 years it was a i had to write a paper on Comparing how the history on the subject has changed over the last hundred years.
1: Mm. So you're a light reader. I'm a very light reader. <laughs> okay. I tend to be heavy on the
2: nonfiction side. I think you it's, too. You like the nonfiction. It's the military background.
0: Mm-hmm. Mine's more self help. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> okay,
1: here we go. Motorcycle versus car. If you had to pick.
2: Oh, fun motorcycle, everyday use car. I do have both.
1: I know you have both, but what if you had?
2: to... Well, a what? motorcycle is completely impractical, but <laughs> it's it's an immense amount of fun. It's the fourteen yeah. year old in me who there loves a motorcycle. Go. Where I was a sixty year old man, I need a car. Will you ride
0: it in the parade? That's what I, I was the- just thinking. I know, <laughs> I know her too. Should we get all three of you on motorcycles? I think Howard rides motorcycles too. Well, we'll see. Oh so my so god, you that, that isn't is that is an idea. Oh, yeah, well, yeah,
2: I'm that sure be he'd fun. really, I'm sure he'd really he appreciate being a.
1: She meeting. is having a meeting tonight. I know, but, but we I'm can't. having a meeting. I'm tonight having a meeting too. tonight too. But Darn it. all right. Well, I know that you are. You do a lot of the cooking in the household. So, what is the best thing that you can cook?
2: Oh, I, I well, just a claim from my own family, and I, and I mean my extended family, the world's greatest hamburger on the grill. Oh.
0: I have some special
2: <laughs> ingredients and ways of preparing it, and uh, no one's beat it yet.
0: I, oh, nice! He should have a cookout for the town employees. <laughs> I would come. I would love he to would be the number <laughs> one birdman. <burger. laughs> another, another fantastic uh, idea I know. suggested.
1: Okay, what is your secret talent?
2: Secret talent for anybody who doesn't doesn't know me when I was in the military. I am. Uh, as my soldiers used to call me, a land navigation god. No matter where we were on the planet, oh. we would never get lost. We'd always find the route and we'd always find out where the enemy was.
0: Pre-GPS?
2: Pre-GPS.
0: Oh. Wow. When I
2: went through officer candidate school at, at Fort Benning, um, well, actually it was not, it was a uh, lieutenant's course, I had like, by the, we had this long land navigation course. It was, good, it was 30 hours. You had to get from point A to point B, which is about 10 miles apart. And now you have to go through the night without anything except a flashlight and a map. But you also had uh, basically uh, hunter hunter forces looking for you, trying to capture oh you. Oh my God! So you, the it was supposed you know, it was it was, it was supposed to be an individual event. You had no, no teaming up or anything like that. But by the time we finally got to the last night, we're approaching the objective. I had about 20 of my fellow lieutenants all following me, because I was the only one who knew how to get there.
1: <laughs> Maybe it was a, a secret mission, so they were trying to find the leaders,
2: too. No, no, no. That we had to avoid them, because we would get captured, and then we'd flunk the course. Oh, So, right, so uh, you, you did not want to flunk that any, last...
0: That's good. It's getting us out of a bad situation. <laughs> so if you, ever, yeah, if you
2: don't have GPS, and all you have is a map, or I'm your man.
1: You're a man. Well, right. I have the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know where I'm going, but I never do. <laughs> I'm always <laughs> completely convinced that I know the direction. Everyone knows Aww, this about but me. you're
0: magical, so you can just get on the broom. Yeah, I'll get
1: on the broom. <laughs> Alright, okay. So my last question is, when and if the library is voted through, where can we find you in the building?
2: Oh, definitely the reading room
0: oh. by the fireplace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the you fireplace, tell, the fireplace wanna... I suggested. <laughs> <laughs> tell the story of the fireplace.
2: Yes. Well, back when the uh, we were coming up with uh, architectural concepts for the building, we had first discussions with the uh, architects. I remember someone saying that, oh, John, he's a military guy. He's not going to have any ideas. And then I came, I suddenly said, I took great umbrage at that. And I said, well, you know, a double-sided fireplace would be really nice in the reading room. And I had a sudden look of just shock on all the faces of the people in the room. How did he come up with that idea?
0: Yeah. Right? So the architect, they wrote it into the plan like Mm -hmm. it was he said it, it's happening. And we yeah. made it to the final cut I know. as a room That's divider. Really... I'm looking forward to it Between your room that we'll find you at. So on one side of the fireplace is the adult reading room sponsored by Sherry Conyers in memory of her husband. And on the other side of the fireplace is the coffee and conversation area, which is going to be much like what we're doing right now. Four mm-hmm. people sitting around the table, maybe having a cup of coffee, but enjoying the fireplace. And if it wasn't double-sided, what fun would it be? So exactly. Thank you for your absurd suggestion. That <laughs> I love it, it. To the final cut. And um, I hope that it is there, that we do find you there, because mm-hmm. uh, we're just a year away from the vote for the new library, and a lot of work is going to be done this year. And I think with you as the selectman, we're gonna get that work done. We'll I think so. will see you at I hope so. next year. So, <laughs> thank you, sir. Um, you can find John every Monday night. Guess where? Town Hall. Town Hall, 7 p.m., and he is never late, I will tell you that. He will be in the chair 15 minutes early <laughs> waiting for you to arrive. Uh-huh. And is it true we are going to Zoom soon? Will we be?
2: We are. We actually had we had a man there last night on my first meeting. He we were stalling the uh, equipment necessary to Zoom all the meetings.
0: So dress for Aww. success. You can't come in in your sweatpants anymore. A lot of people will be really happy to have that. Mm-hmm.
2: Maybe a couple of weeks before it's all in place, but it is in, in the works already.
0: For sure, as it should be. So, Wonderful. So, um that will keep people in the loop and i know a lot of people said to me after town meeting i got to start paying attention and a couple of those people were there last night right they yes, committed they to attending meetings and maybe volunteering a little bit more they COVID got everybody out of the loop so we can't blame yeah. everybody but uh we're looking forward to it and congratulations
2: thank all right well thank you
0: welcome all right back. welcome back yeah all right we're going to pause for one minute and bring amy for book recommendations okay. i mean libraries are about books right all right be back in a minute okay we are back with Amy now, and I apologize for this being a little bit choppy, but it's been a busy day at the library, very so busy. we put it on pause and said we're going to come back in the morning, so it's now day two, part two, part two. of the podcast, because it's important we get our book recommendations in. Sure. Um, I want to remind people that the Winter Reading Program is coming to an end very quickly. Is it March 21st is the first day of spring? 20th? The 20th, The 20th, so... so If you joined our winter reading challenge and logged your books be sure to drop um, off your log list it has a little raffle ticket on the bottom we're gonna pick one winner we've got a library lovers basket here that we're gonna gift to one lucky person and it really feels like spring out and there's a lot of books coming down the pipe and I've been looking at some of the summer pre-orders so Mm -hmm. what should we be reading Amy
3: all right books um I know last month I said oh I'm only going to talk about one or two books but I just can't I just can't (laughs) I have to talk about more so um for books that were published maybe a few years ago I recently read This Is How It Always Is by Lori Frankel and I just feel like it's a really important story what's it about right now it's um a family they've got Five boys. The youngest is named Claude, and when Claude is like four or five, he starts asking his mom and dad, "Do I get to be a a, a girl when I grow up? If I when I grow up to be a little girl, do I have to start over as a little girl?" Um, you know, he he wants to wear he wants to wear dresses to school. He wears dresses when he's at home, and I just feel like, as a parent, you know, you you always wonder about your children and what they will be like and it I feel like it gives this book gives a really great look at a family dealing with an issue of they love their child, they want the best for their child, and they're really struggling with what their child is so giving identity. them. Gender identity. And yeah. is it from
0: the voice of the child or or is the book the mother?
3: It's it's both. It's both. So you get you okay, get it's ahead of its time then. you get you get the child's voice you get the the parents you get both of the parents perspectives and they're both they both want to go about it in slightly different ways the mother is a doctor the father is an author he's a writer um, you get you get little bits and pieces of the older brothers and how they, what's going on in their lives and um, it's I just felt like it was very timely and it was very important to kind of see, this family struggle with this in the ways that they struggle with it, but ultimately still they want the best for their child, they love their child, and they want their child to flourish. Sounds
0: like one of those books that um, you're not going to have that experience, but by reading it, you're having the experience. You get the insight, right? yes. So you're like, Very much so. for the situation, mm-hmm. and like, okay, that didn't happen to me, but someone's having this experience.
3: Mm-hmm. So, right. right, yes. What was the name I, of that? That's called This Is How It Always Is by Lori Frankel. She also, she wrote the book One, Two, Three, which came out last year, which I read that, I don't know, a few months ago, and I really liked that one as well. I feel like she has, she has a really keen sense for, finding these sort of interesting, out-of-the-way, not not out-of-the-way topics, but just take a really interesting spin on something that's um, maybe a timely topic. So okay. I, I, would re- I, I would recommend that. And then, oh my gosh, I mentioned this to you yesterday morning, Shuggy Bane yeah. by Douglas Stewart. This book will break your heart, but it's so beautifully written and it's so powerful. It's set in Scotland, in Glasgow, in... Uh, late 70s, early 80s, early 90s. Shuggy Bane is the main character. He's a young boy. When you first meet him, he's 16. Mm -hmm. And then the book flashes backwards to his youth. And it's it's really a book about, about him and about his mother. And his mother struggling to hold the family together and their life. And she's an alcoholic. And she gets her ish together at one point and they have this one lovely beautiful year where she's off alcohol and they're celebrating and things are happy and together and things go awry i'll just leave it at that so this is an um, book, not
0: part of my collection but i'm looking to add it yep
3: it came out in i think 2020 okay so not that because it won the booker prize in right. 2020 it's it's oh yeah it's one of those books where you get to the end and you're just like, Wow, tired, yeah, yeah, you almost feel <laughs> exhausted you know emotionally very very emotional book but and very you know there's there's maybe trigger warnings you know there's 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 abuse there's sexual abuse, there's alcoholism, there's domestic violence there's you know it's a grab bag of all of those sort of real stuff real stuff real hard hitting trauma um but it's really well written, and it was really good, and I'm glad I read it. I finally read it. Awesome So, yep, Shaggy Bain. Um, Okay, so now a couple new, or say new-ish books that came out within the last year or so. The Sweetness of Water by Nathan Harris. This was actually recommended to me by a patron, Susan Hoover. She came in.
0: Was that the Oprah recommendation?
3: It was, it was an Oprah book, yep. It's set um, just post-Civil War, so Reconstruction, it's in Georgia the um, the slaves are freed it's this small town um, you the uh, sort of a gentleman farmer type character who whose family had moved from the south he stumbles across two former slaves out in the woods near his house and just kind of strikes up a conversation with them he's injured they help him back to his house and he says you know what I want to farm some of my land will you stay and I'll I'll I know you want to leave and go somewhere else because there's better opportunities but I'll pay you a fair wage honest engine you know I'll, I won't try to be duplicit you know I'll, I'll pay you and and stay and help me farm and they agree um the man's son was thought to be dead during the civil war and then all of a sudden one day he shows up at the house so he's not dead and it's it's the story of the son and his friendship and maybe a little more than friendship with another young man in the town who is engaged to marry the, the very wealthy daughter of so and so. And and then the slaves witness one of them oh, no. witnesses something or former slaves witnesses something um, and the story kind of explodes from there. Dun, dun, dun. so it was it was it was really good so I was very glad that, that Susan said that she enjoyed it and I said okay I'm gonna check it right out and I did so I read it so that was that was very good and so then an, we have that we screen. have that that's here and it's it's in as of today um, another book different historical fiction called Clark and division by Naomi Hirahara it's uh, World War two historical fiction but it's set in America and it's the story of uh, Japanese family who was in one of the internment, Japanese internment camps. And they were resettled. Um, they weren't allowed to go back to California where they lived before. They were sent inland and they ended up in Chicago. And it's the story of what happens to them in Chicago. The older sister goes first. The day that they're going to meet her, they're very excited. They find, they get off the train and they find out that she's been she died in an accident just the day before. And the sister who's the main character, she she said, I, I can't believe she she wouldn't have killed herself. She wouldn't have jumped off the train tracks in front of the train. She was pushed, something happens. And so she digs. And so you're you're getting, you know, just their day-to-day life, what life is like for them in this now big major city where they used to live in kind of a bucolic farming community. So you're getting that. And then it's that sort of that mystery of the the prejudice and and what really is happening in Chicago um, to these Japanese in this Japanese community um, to these people and so what really happened to the sister Clark and Division Clark and, and that's Division a newer book. that came out last year I think last summer or last spring it's it's maybe about a year old okay. yeah um, and then brandy new um, so the Paris apartment by Lucy Foley. Mm-hmm. I, read it I, I devoured it last weekend. It's I took it, show. I took it home, couldn't put it down. Um, it's, and this is interesting cause this is, this is, I learned something new. There's a subgenre of kind of mysteries and thrillers called a locked room mystery. And I'd never heard this term I've before, never heard, never heard of it. So uh, I guess, um, this is the Paris apartment is considered a locked room mystery. So, and it is set, it's set in an apartment building in Paris. You're meeting, you meet
0: does she never leave the room? Is that the way um, they call it that?
3: No, There's but I guess study? I guess it's the... the I, I looked it up. I don't think I still have the webpage open, but it's Lost the um, sort of, if you want to say, like the definition of what...
0: Would you say then the gentleman in Moscow was that? Because he never... The scene was uh, always the hotel?
3: No, because it has to do with... Um, your it's, it's a very... Um, it's like a small set of characters... It's the whole book is happening just in one place, but that you know you've only met half a dozen characters. So the murder that's happened, the death, it's got to be one of these people. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're just in this literally in a confined space of this apartment building, the different floors, the people that live on the different floors, Ooh. and so it's as the book goes on, you're you're getting all these layers peeled back of oh, so that's what's that's how what the relationship, how these people are connected right. to one another. And, oh, isn't this interesting? And there's a really good twist. So it's worth the hype. Paris it's worth the hype. Man. Yep. Yep. Okay. I really liked that. So
0: that's on the shelf right now. Yes. And if you like... If you haven't read her yet, she also wrote *The Guest List*. She wrote *The Guest List*. Yes, very...
3: and I think her book before that was called *The Hunting Party*. I think that was the first book that I read by her, uh-huh. and that's a very similar. It's um, there's at a an, cast. there's a snowstorm. They're stuck mm-hmm. at an estate, and it's that was yeah. Was at the wedding? Like yes. You're invited yes. to a
0: wedding. So that's been on an island. Mm-hmm. and yes. All the characters are there, but you don't know how they're connected.
3: Somebody on the island had to have done the murder, right? So I, I guess maybe she excels at that locked room mystery Ooh, you make me Um, want to read it yes it was very good um the next book same thing um took it home read it in one sitting and it was designed to be that way love and saffron by kim faye it's just this little tiny gem of a book
0: i will confess i bought that for myself uh, um, without knowing it was the indie pick of the month oh wow so it ended up being so for people who don't know what that is that's the indie bookstores so like mm-hmm. the independent bookstore not Barnes and Noble what they're pushing they, they push like the, okay the best book of the month every month and yes they make a little flyer and so when I walked into Toadstool like I had seen it somewhere else and I'm like oh it sounds like a yeah. good book for me like selfishly sure food and yeah I pick it up and then walk walking out the door and it. Got a big poster Ah, yeah, uh, perfect. So it must be
3: good. Yep, it's very sweet. It's an epistolary novel, which mm-hmm. again, if if for people, if you don't know what an epistolary novel is, that's a story that's told in either um, letters or journals. And this is it's an exchange of letters between uh, a uh, a food um, a food writer and just a woman who is a fan. And it's it goes over a long period of time, and it's it delves I into both wait. of their lives. They talk about food um, there's recipes, it's, it's very sweet, it's, it's a very sweet story. Is it set in a certain country? It's in
0: America. Oh, good, I thought it might be, it's, when they said saffron. Saffron,
3: right, right. I'm thinking
0: like, oh, that's, that's an ingredient that would be used in, you know, ethnic cooking, like maybe it's, right, and it's, it's not at all, not at all,
3: not, not at all, all. you'll have to read it and see, it's, it's, it's very charming. I might take it for the weekend, Um, it's a a feel good, good yeah, (laughs) It's a very feel-good book. Like if you're if you're feeling a little down and you just need something to kind of be like ah and just feel better, like cup of tea and love and saffron that'll take care of you. Um, and then I had an idea. I want. I decided because I listened to so many audiobooks on, well, I'm still on Overdrive. I'm sorry. I haven't made the switch to Libby yet, but we'll say, li- we'll say Libby. say have got a new
0: boyfriend. We'll say- <laughs> His name is Libby. Is Libby.
3: We'll say <laughs> Libby. I'll say Libby, but really, I'm really still listening on Overdrive. Um, I dumped
0: Overdrive. I'm all Libby. Yeah. Sorry.
3: I just can't. Yep. I can't yet. But that's okay. You know, everybody's different. Um, so I decided that I wanted to talk about either, well, for me, it'll always be an audiobook on Libby or Hoopla <laughs> or Hoopla because sometimes right off I tongue. did I did I did listen to Shuggy Bane that was on Hoopla so some books are on Hoopla books oh, so excellent. for mm-hmm. good
0: okay. yep so we don't have Shuggy Bane on the shelf but you can get it's it on on demand it's like, on right Hoopla
3: away, you could on go hoopla. you could go get it right now good um so for audiobooks uh last year I listened to a book called The Rise and Fall of Dodo and that's Dodo D A period O period D period O period so like FBI it's like an an acronym by Neil Stevenson and Nicole Galland and it's it's hard to explain I I was trying to explain it to a patron at the desk last week and she said oh why that sounds kind of crazy and um, there's magic there's witches there's time travel there's a government organization and kind of like sly woody jabs at all the acronyms within a government organization and how things get bloated and, you know, overpopulated um, from a government organization point of view. Um, It's very, very funny. Um, Neil Stevenson wrote Snow Crash and Seven Eves. So he's kind of solidly science fiction sort of guy. Um, Last year, Nicole Galland published the sequel to The Rise and Fall of Dodo called The Master of the Revels. And it picks up right where the first book left off. And it is so witty and so clever. And it, if, if, you, if you like Shakespeare, you will probably love The Master of the Rebels because it deals all with Macbeth. So everybody knows the Double Double, Toil and Trouble, Fireburn, and Cauldron Bubble. So within this universe of the Dodo books, um, there's time travel. What, is, what happens in the first book is that um, in 1851, um, there was a photographer who took a photograph of a lunar eclipse at um, a place in Europe. And that photograph, because so many thousands of people saw that photograph, it destroyed magic. Before that, magic was part of the world and in the world. That photograph destroyed magic for forever. So in the world of the first book... Uh, witches they, they they use they create this machine and they use witches to help them time travel to go back in time to kind of make small changes and things the, the, the well the witch catches on to what's going on she decides she wants to kind of play them at their own game use the time travel to go back and make it so that magic never dies so that's that's kind of leading through the first book and then in the second book um, she wants to change the words of that those famous lines from Macbeth to make it be um, a very potent witch's curse uh-huh. that would cause horrible destruction. And somebody catches on. One of the people within this organization catches on to what's going on, and the the whole book is them trying to go back to prevent the this one head witch from doing what she's trying to do she's and so her yeah yes. Yeah. so it's 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 very funny it's very clever it's very witty I loved them both
0: That was new or old Um That's
3: The Master old. of the Revels came out in 2021 okay. I think The Rise and Fall of Dodo came out in maybe 2017 and if the reason
0: you're, I ask is because if we don't have it on the shelf and it's more than 6 months old we can get it in our library and love right, it, right Yes or absolutely We added it to the collection. Yep
3: so. Yep and in this case it's if you have the time and you're able to listen to them, I would say listen because these books are done as a as a cast. So it's not one person not reading one the voice? audiobook. It's each of the characters, each of the characters in the book is is narrated, is read by a different person. So I just feel like it's a really rich ex- listening experience, mm-hmm. so it's worth listening to. So, okay. those are there's, there's my Libby recommendations. And then so okay, so new books coming out. Um, Douglas Stewart, who wrote Shugie Bain, uh, he has a new book coming out on April fifth called Young Mungo, and it sounds like his kind of niche is writing heart-wrenching stories set in Scotland. That must sort of be his thing because this one is about um, a young. I think it's a thirteen-year-old boy. You know, so it's a coming-of-age story, but he happens to be queer. And it's in Scotland in the, I want to say it's like the 70s or 80s. So there's that extra layer of struggle. Um, if it's anything like Shaggy Bain, it's going to be fabulous. Okay, I got that one though. Yep. Um, there's another, a book, another book coming out on April 5th called Let's Not Do This Again. And that's by Grant, I think his last name is spelled Jinder either Ginder or Jinder. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. He wrote The People We Hate at the Wedding. And that that came out a few years ago. So (laughs) yes, very, very funny. And this book sounds like it's a very similar sort of witty, funny relationship kind of thing. It's the the main character is um, uh, a mother who's, she's running for Senate. She has adult aged children. Uh, She's very driven, very determined. She's going to win. And then her adult children... Um, don't vote for her derail <laughs> derail her with their just their one of them in particular her her actions what things that she's doing so she's she's trying to still maintain her senate campaign while also trying to help her child because of course she cares about her child but then you know it's so it's 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 a it's a recipe for so let's not disaster. Do this again. let's not do this again okay. grant grant Ginder ginder however you say his name uh, another book, I think everybody knows I'm a sucker for books set in New York City, Trust by Hernan Diaz. That comes out May 3rd. And it is set in New York City. It's told from, I think, maybe four, was it four or maybe even five different perspectives of this 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 one sort of like a financial transaction gone wrong. So you're seeing it from the people who were involved. You're then seeing it from, I think, one of their wives, the people that are affected by it. Um, It just, it sounded really interesting. I want to say it's um, like literary fiction. So, you know, it's, it's not like a James Patterson thriller type book, but it just sounded very interesting the way it's told. And then the last book that I wanted to mention, this one's looking way ahead. It doesn't come out until October 4th. Our Missing Hearts by Celeste Ng. Ooh. And I can't even tell you what it's about. I don't even know. What's I just uh, Our Missing Hearts by Celeste Ng. And she wrote, um, gosh. If you don't know. <laughs> I can't think of it right off the I, I had it and now it's gone. Um, I can picture the book. Little Fires Everywhere. Oh. Did she, that, and then there was another book. Um... I can't think of the other one, but both of her previous books I really read and really enjoyed, mm-hmm. and so I thought, oh, it's Les Ing. Of course, I'm going to read that. I would read whatever she wrote. So, um, yes, that that's not until October, though. So
0: we've got. Um, I'm looking at our our time. pre-order list, and so my pre-order list ends up being kind of like the maybe what's going to be on the bestsellers. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a James Patterson fan yeah. or something. Um, so I'll just note that it looks like Jennifer Egan's coming out with a new book. It's called The Candy House. Yes. And so she wrote, um, I'm going blank. I can see the cover. Was it? Remember it had like a circle.
3: Was it Manhattan Beach? Yes, that was it. She wrote Manhattan, Manhattan
0: Beach. So um, this is yeah. her following up of that. If you're a Horowitz fan, he's got another one coming out. And it looks like David Baldacci has got one coming out in April. We also ordered. Stephen King came in yesterday, and Danielle two new titles from them. So, like, I feel. Oh, Janet Ivanovich. Of course, we haven't. We have a Patterson. Yeah, of course. But it looks like um, they're not going to wait until summer to drop everything. Mm -hmm. So some of these titles are going to come out in you know end of April time, Mm. and then we'll see the big summer reads get dropped in May. So there's a lot of new stuff. Lots of books. Lots of books. Um, I will tell you that the Black Lives Matter Book Club read a fantastic title this month. We read Stacey Abrams' Our Time Is Now. yeah. I (gasps) saw those. It was awesome. So it might have been awesome because for us it was voting season. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. It's in her voice. I did it on audio. And it was on Hoopla. And it's all about the power of of your vote Mm. and democracy. So important. So important. So here we are. We're in the middle of, you know, town meeting, election Mm -hmm. season here in New England. And like we, um, not as maybe like a mission, but we took on, you know, kind of this idea of like getting people registered to vote and encouraging them to vote just by like posting the time and the location. Seems so simple, right? But the book was about that, like what people do to block the vote. Mm. right making it hard to register to vote it's not hard in new hampshire yeah. you can show up at the polls yeah. the day of my
3: son did that 18 years old right like our state is
0: not a yeah. violator no, of that like we, right last minute absentee ballot all that stuff like there's yeah. no trick and mm-hmm. because we live in a tiny town there's only one place to vote and you yeah. know, we don't have multiple locations but so the whole book was kind of about her race for governor and um georgia right or yeah yeah what did I say? Oh, no, you said governor, say governor of Georgia. But right. Governor of Georgia. Yes. right, and just kind of wha- what happened and the voter rights that were violated mm. and um, the races were won and lost, like basically cheating, you Gosh. know, and then changing places that – so you know the NPR is where we vote. What if sure. someone – it suddenly changed and it's down at the, you know – a motto Center, and what? like right. you don't drive, and there's no public transportation, yeah. and you've decided to walk, and when you get there, they Ugh. say you've already voted by secret ballot, and you can't prove that you didn't vote secret ballot. Man, and like yeah, there was just some wow. It was awesome. So uh, my group had a fantastic discussion because oh, we met. You know, there's activists in my group, mm-hmm. so you know, that yeah. so really got fired up about voter rights. And engaging and getting more people out there to understand in democracy. So, I, I highly recommend this book. Like, it'd be great good. to read it before the primaries. It'd be good to read it before mm. any national election. It just kind of exposed, like, what it means to have a right to ha- vote mm-hmm. and, like, how important it is to get out and do it and just don't take it for granted. Exactly. You know, there's powers in numbers. And that was another angle the book talked mm. about is like that the demographics are changing. Absolutely, and so you know when women weren't allowed to vote, like look who was voting for everything, and look what went through. And then women could vote, and then you know blacks can vote, and now like there's minorities are being challenged now, right? Like Mm -hmm. if you're whatever, you have to prove you're American citizen to vote, like of course, right? Mm -hmm. But um, who will be the next powerful group? Will will the 18 Mm. to 24 year olds, you know, come in and be represented for the first time, and will they be informed and? You know so it's just interesting so i i highly recommend that book and that was like my best of and i'll try and put that in more hands um good before voting so Joanne's not with us. Uh, This is not her day this morning, but I know she's reading a ton of the children's books and probably rereading her Harry Potter Potter. because we are getting ready for Harry Potter camp. Super exciting. It's completely full. The children will have a magical wizarding week, Yep, and uh, we're all working very hard on that and looking Mm -hmm. forward to it. But that's the end of our podcast today. Thank you for your recommendations. You're welcome. Um, hopefully I'll be able to edit this so it makes sense. Of course it will. It'll sound <laughs> great. Right. And uh, we'll get it out by uh, probably by the weekend. So very exciting. All right. Thanks, everybody. And tune in to Tiny Town Podcast.